You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You weren't ready for this, were you? No, it's let you hear a little bit of it, you know. I, I didn't want to step on it because this is your choice. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. Uh, that is Jason Longshore, and this is his. This is like your request. Yeah. <laughs> you don't listen to the full-time report, first off, because what we do, and, and we're not doing it this morning because I never jinx it, in the full-time report, we come back with music from the city that Atlanta United just defeated. After an Atlanta United win, we pick songs from that city, that region, some tie to it. That's always a fun element. We get all over the place with, with music from different places. So I'm a big music guy. We've had this conversation yeah, before. Had, wait, and I'm very schizophrenic when it comes to music. You know, Bobby Womack, I'm like, yes, cool. Love that song. Love the style. Love it. I was a big Lemonheads fan, too. Yeah. I had the T-shirt back in the day. Never got to see them live. Evan Dando's still doing his thing. I've been on a little bit of a Lemonheads kick lately, and I didn't really know that why, and I guess it's because it's his birthday today. Hey, there you go. Evan you're, Dando. You're stealing a little bit of it, but that's all right. I, I, ain't, I ain't mad at you. And this is this is definitely a 99X song. It is. <laughs> it is. They're back. Is, they'll, they'll be playing yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. Shout out to um, Leslie and, and, and Steve. Yeah. What's up with Jimmy? But anyway, <laughs> they're, 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 they're back. But we – let me interrupt, Greg. Who, yes. who who are we joined by? I'm sorry? Who's with us today in the studio? I, I mentioned Jason. Ah, Longshore. Thank yes. you. Thank you. Jason Longshore in for Sam. I didn't even get my thing. You went, you went right down the Lemonheads thing, and I didn't do my thing top of the hour. Good morning, Georgia. Good morning. And a good morning to you folks in Berkeley Lake. Got to get that out of the way. You want to know nothing about Berkeley Lake, Lake. and I definitely I, don't. I've heard of it. It's in the metro area, correct? Berkeley? I think Berkeley. No, no, no. Hang on. Berkeley Lake. The reason I bring that up. Man, last been, census population. Uh, just been over. researching all the the <laughs> Georgia high school soccer this season and, and they are in Berkeley Gwinnett County. Ca- no, in Gwinnett know. County. Okay. Okay. Part, you know, I was on and, the right uh, page. Just over, you know, let's see, just over twenty two thousand. Roughly, where sense. in Gwinnett County are we talking about? That I don't have. Okay. Um, I could give you longitude and latitude. That doesn't help me. I know it doesn't help me either, but yeah. I can tell it where it is. But it's in Gwinnett County. Okay. Listen, there's people in Berkeley Lake right now screaming at the radio and yell, calling us yell all at kinds me, of names. Yes, yes, please do. This. We deserve it. Anyway, that's Jason Longshore. In for Mr. Crenshaw, there was a point I was trying to make here when you were just 
saying something a second ago when we, we came back with the, oh I was excited about the Lemonheads no the Lemonheads thing and the reason we're sort of having fun with this and I called it a 99X song because that's where his wheelhouse was and he took great pride in one of my wheelhouses when we, when we first when we worked together for the first time and we started talking about our past he he let me know that he wasn't a 96 rock listener he no was a, he was a 99X listener yes which makes for this. Really good because you know I'm in a lane as far as the rock music. You're in a lane as far as alternative music. If there is one, and it's I'm filling it in. I'm because I'm always about and we both love new R&B. music for yeah. me. You know the the thing is like I I listen to everything and and I want to say everything. My playlists get ridiculous, but classic rock is probably the one area that I don't know as well. The classic '96 rock playlist. Okay is not my, it's not what I grew up listening to. It's not where I'm going to choose straight away. I'm actually starting to dig more into that now and, and trying to find more stuff that I I've, I've like or maybe didn't hear, whatever. So I'm trying to broaden my horizons, but yes, I was a I was an alternative guy. All right, days. I tell you what, I'll give you one rock and roll story, classic rock and roll story, okay. and, and it's part of rock and roll lore, All right. if you will. And then you can, we'll continue to give you these stories. Okay. Um, guitar player, Rolling Stones. Early on. Keith Richards. No. Oh, I'm talking about on. him. Talking about maybe the bass player. Uh, Brian Jones. Okay, yeah, yeah. Of course, he died. Yes. Do you remember how he died? No, I don't. He was found, well, exactly how he died is still up for debate. <laughs> but he was, he was discovered in a pool. Okay. So, I mean, pool with young ladies. Okay. Multiple young ladies. And the coroner's report was listed <laughs> in a way that made rock and roll lore because they didn't really know how to describe his death, so they listed it as misadventure. Mm, that's, I guess, a way to put it. <laughs> it I think that's beautiful, though. He, he passed away from misadventure. Yeah, so that's, like I said, it's one of those rock and roll stories. Uh, that sounds right. like the Rolling Stones. Yeah, yeah, yeah there you right. go. Uh, again, Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. Jason Longshore is in here right now. And, of course, we've got hockey coming up next. Sean Belegian is going to call us from a place that allegedly got 8 to 10 inches of snow last night. But Sean is our guy. We want to know what's going on in the second half of this NHL season. We're going to go to him. We've got a casting call coming up, sports going around this country. We're going to talk about Deshaun Tate's going to let us know what we need to know what's going on as we approach March Madness. And also dip a little bit into pro basketball. We have got a special guest, though, coming up at 11 o'clock. Again, tell everybody who you have. And thank you for securing this. Yeah, Steve Cangelosi, who's on the call on Apple TV's MLS season pass tonight. It'll be Steve and Danny Higginbotham calling Atlanta United and Toronto FC. And Corey McCartney is going to join us as we uh, get ready for Major League Baseball this upcoming season. Lots of changes. So Corey is going to – listen, this is his first appearance this year. Plus, he coaches a little league team. I think his son's on the team. And so he's got that bravado, too. You know, he's kind of like a proud manager. <laughs> I think they played pretty well last year. So okay. he's coming here maybe with a trophy. But listen, man, I'm going to sit down right now because, as the tweet says that we sent out, this show is the continuous education of Greg with soccer. And so as we get ready for tonight's matchup, Give us a little preview and things to look for. Yeah, I mean, you're going to educate me about classic rock. I will educate you about soccer. So Toronto comes in after a loss that's very similar to the win that Atlanta United had last week. So Atlanta United, 1-0 down, going into second half stoppage time, two goals, they come back and they win it. That's only the sixth time in Atlanta United history that they've come back 
from trailing in the first 30 minutes. It's the first time they had done it after trailing in the 75th minute. So it's it's a big deal. It's a huge win. The goals from Tiago Almada, as good as you will find anywhere. Toronto, on the other side, they go to D.C. They're leading 2-1 going into the 90th minute. They ended up losing 3-2. They also lost maybe their top player. You could debate it. They've got two Italians that are both outstanding. One of them, Lorenzo Insigne, left in the first half. Injury. I think Bob Bradley, the coach for Toronto FC, is playing a little bit of the uh, mind games in terms of his availability. I don't think he plays tonight, but they've left the door open. He's questionable. So maybe trying to mess with Gonzalo Pineda's head a little bit about, well, are they going to play him? Is he going to play here? What are they going to do? Because Toronto, in terms of what they come in and how they play, we know the style. They're going to want the ball. Atlanta United wants the ball. These aren't teams that are going to play to, to press and defend and and do that. They both want the ball. Only one team can have the ball. So who's going to do that? Probably the home team. How will Toronto deal with that is going to be a big question. But how they line up, we don't really know because of that injury with Insigne. Are they going to be more defensive walking in the door? Are they going to just try to replace him like for like in terms of style or will they change up their shape, which opens up some possibilities? It, it's early in the season, so I think everybody's still getting to know all the teams around the league. But Atlanta comes in on a high. Toronto comes in after a big low, losing that game last week. And I want to see how both of them respond to what happened late in their games last week. Jason Longshore in for Sam. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, 92.9 The Game.com. All right, here begins my series of you know, naive questions. All right. So let's, there are no bad questions. I'm trying to draw a correlation between football and, and, and soccer in this Mm -hmm. regard. As we look at this team right now, moving into the season, no more Joseph Martinez. You had one type of team with him as your leader. Now you got a new striker. And as you said, the season's early. So you really don't have a continuity. You don't have a, a, a feel for what this team is going to look like. But is this the diff? Is this, the same as, or could it possibly be the same as going from, I'll give one that's here in town, a Michael Vick type quarterback to a Matt Ryan type quarterback. It's going to be a completely different offense. No, I I don't think it's like that, honestly, um, because I think the big change without Joseph Martinez and with Yorgos Yakimakis, who again, just got the work visa. I don't think he'll start tonight. I'm not rolling anything out, but I don't think he'll start. I think he will be on the bench. I think he'll be available. Stylistically, physically, yeah, they're different. Yakumakis is bigger. He's going to be a little bit more of a hold-up player. He's maybe better in the air just because of that size, although Joseph was really good in the air as well. I think it's personality that's different. I think how when, does that play? How does excuse me? But how does that play out during the game when you say it's personality? It's it's chemistry. It's the way that the, the team fits together because I think instead of football, you got to think a little bit more basketball and, okay. and then expand it. So basketball, we see chemistry affect teams a lot. Yes. If a group gets along, if they're all pushing in the same direction, similar personalities, it works. In soccer, you're taking instead of five guys, you're taking 11, 10 on the field. Goalkeepers are always crazy anyway, so that's a whole different topic. <laughs> 10 guys that have to fit together from a way they play, but also in that personality size. And when you have a guy like Joseph who – has an aura, you know, again, legend. He he has that aura, but he wasn't the same player that he was before the knee injury. That's sometimes difficult to navigate. 
you take him out of the equation and you bring Yakumakis in, who is hungry, who is a guy that I saw described, and it fits him to a T, as that goal scorers have to be hungry. Goal scorers have to be selfish. Um, but he's not that to the degree that he doesn't bring his teammates into the play. He makes unselfish runs off the ball to open up space for somebody else. He plays other players in. He's not, it's not a black hole when the ball goes to him. It's, he's going to look to play other people in. It's not that Joseph was, but now you get a fresh perspective on it. So I don't think it's a different style like a, you know, a Vic to Orion. I, I think it's more of the personality is different, and that might unlock a Luis Araujo. And then got to remember, there's other pieces too. Derek Etienne, the left winger who has been injured in most of preseason, he earns the free kick that, that ends up Thiago Almada scoring the winning goal. Etienne is still getting up to speed. I think the fit with Etienne on the left, Adarujo on the right, Almada as the number 10 pulling the strings, the playmaker, and Yakimakis, they all complement one another the way they play, but also the personalities really fit too. So your point is that what we have is a Magic Johnson versus a Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan hated getting the ball to Bill Cartwright because it was going into the black hole and Bill Cartwright sucked as a big man in the middle. He would work him in there a little bit just to keep him – keep them sort of focused and being in the game, but he really didn't want to pass certain players the ball, whereas Magic, that's all he did right. was make sure you're getting the ball or you're going to get hit in the side of the head. Yeah, And it, it seems like a person who was, who, was, who was more of a facilitator as opposed to a guy who knew that he was the ball was best with him. What's if interesting I'm hearing you is Yakimakis can be, we'll bring it back to Atlanta and Trey Young, because Trey gets his points, no. but Trey gets his assists too. I think Yakimakis is going to be somebody who's going to score goals but he's going to make the offense click more and really fit. And other guys are going to benefit from that. We don't do it that often, man, but we love having Jason in here. Jason Longshore is in for Sam. We are not done talking Atlanta United. We're not done talking soccer because the soccer education of Greg continues. But we are going to switch gears and looking for the first time, I think the first time this year that we've had him on, but getting ready for the second half of the NHL season. This is a guy, listen, if you've never heard a guy do a segment after sucking on a down power line, Beat, stick around because this is what Sean. You say hello to Sean and just let him go. I'm so looking forward to this. Sean Belisian from WJR up in Detroit is joining us next. Sam and Greg with Jason Longshore, Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929TheGame.com, and take us with you on the Odyssey app. Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929TheGame.com. It's Sam and Greg this morning. Jason Longshore is sitting in for Mr. Crenshaw. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being a part of this show this morning. What's up, everybody? The the soccer education of Greg continues. Um, but listen, we're switching gears here because as you heard coming back, and by the way, we just during breaks we get into these music <laughs> and movie <laughs> discussions. I'm gonna do a casting call at uh, what, 1040? It, that's going to be the smallest part of what Jason and I talk about. We got a lot of things to catch up on, just things that have been going on, and um, we just want to get off our chest here. But I played Bob Seeger, Detroit's own mm-hmm. Bob Seeger, as we welcome in Sean Belizean from WJR up in Detroit. Uh, listen, we haven't talked to you. I think it was end of last year. I don't know what was going on, but I knew I'd be checking in with you to give us 
you know, your thoughts on the second half of the season, the, the big names that are making noise, the trade deadline just happened. But first and foremost, Sean, Happy New Year, and welcome to the show. Uh, I want to introduce you to Jason Longshore, who is our voice for Atlanta United. Mr. Uh, Crenshaw is not here this morning. Uh, good morning, guys. It's a pleasure to be with you again. How you doing? Doing good. Thanks for hanging out with us this morning. No, appreciate it. We're uh, in a winter wonderland up here. I was telling Greg last night uh, we were expecting 8 to 12 inches of snow, and we got about 10 inches where I'm at, and it came down fast and heavy. I man, see, this takes me back. If I, you know, I had a couple friends, and we'd go over to parks. They had some parents who ran a, a, a machine shop, and they had snowmobiles that they had built. There is there. I can't think of more fun than I had either playing Bronco baseball when I was like 14, 15, or snowmobiling when we got fresh snow. Because, see, snow can't hurt you. You can do stuff, water sports, you fall over, yeah, that could be the end of, you know, yeah. that could mess up your weekend. But you fall on snow, it's like, let me get back up there and go again. Plus, it's like being on a motorcycle, but as long as you don't hit a tree, you're good. You I getting just, the snowmobiles no, out today? No, you're at, you know, and, and that's why I've heard a lot of people say, why is the NHL so infatuated with these outdoor games? You have to remember, like, all these guys were, were just like us. If you grew up, you know, in the, in the northern part of, of the country or, or in Canada or whatever the case may be, every one of us learned to skate out in the backyard. backyard. Take the hose the out. Yep. Uh, you know, for me, I, it was a canal at, at my grandfather's in Ontario. I mean, it was I, it, it takes you back, and, and that's why you see guys enjoy it so much. And I say that only because, Jason, you grew up in Chicago. You, you know, you, you better learn some winter sports. Otherwise, <laughs> you got nothing to do. <laughs> Sometimes you can't get to the indoor, indoor gym to play basketball. Yeah. So you got to figure out stuff to do outside. Anyway, Sean Belegian, WJR, uh, joining Sam and Greg here with Jason Longshore, Sports Radio, 929 The Game, 929TheGame.com. All right, man, listen. I have had sort of a weird week because much like it happens to all professional teams, when you have that team that won the championship, eventually, as is the case with all of them, they start to break up the team. And those Blackhawks that won championship after championship early in the the 2000s saw their last piece go this past week, at least as far as a, a, a big player, and that was Patrick Kane. What are, we, what are we to think of what is going on in Chicago and what are the Rangers going to do with Patrick Kane, if anything? Well, we'll start with the Blackhawks. I mean, there are some people that said, you know, it, it, it should have been done two, three years ago because this is going to be a long, hard rebuild for them. As you know, they paid a couple of fantastic players uh, a big amount of money and it ate up so much uh, of that cap space with, with Taze and, and, and with Kaner. And, you know, this is something that it, it hurt them in the process because they really didn't do a good job of using those draft picks uh, to, to better themselves. They, they really haven't. So, uh, no offense, they're in quite a hole. I think this is going to be a, a long, arduous rebuild. But, uh, you know, in, in terms of Kaner going to the Rangers, uh, I, the East is just a crazy arms race right now. I mean, you had Boston get better. They went out and got Orlov, and, and Taylor Hall will be back at some point in time, and they're already a historic base. You know, Kyle Dubas in Toronto, their general manager, I mean, he basically redid their defense score, and then they add a nice player like Ryan Riley up front. Uh, you have Tampa that still has, you know, so much firepower, and I wouldn't at all be surprised if they went on another run. Carolina's having a fantastic season. Devils are having a fantastic season. 
So the problem for the Rangers, yeah, they're better. No doubt about it. Gerard Gallant uh, has that team better. But there are so many good teams in the East right now, including uh, that beast out in Boston. I well, mean, the Bruins just look sick. That's what I was going to ask you about again. Sean Belize and WJ are up in Detroit. He is the guy we go to. He's called hockey games on the pro level. I mean, on, on the NHL level, he's done them up in Canada. This is the guy to go to. What are we looking at when we're looking at this Bruins team right now? I mean, these guys are trying to run away with everything. I think Don Sweeney was so smart. That's their general manager. He basically said, you know what? We are going all in. They're having a historic season. Don't forget, the Bruins have some pieces that are getting up there as well, some key pieces that are getting up there as well. And I'm of the opinion, if you're this close and and you have the type of team that the Bruins have, you go all in. You don't worry about, you know, the ramifications a couple years down the line. And that's exactly what Don Sweeney did. There's no guarantee. I think we've seen that year after year in every sport, in particular the National Hockey League. But uh, he went all in. And I'll tell you what, you look at that Bruins team, I don't think there's a weakness with that team. I I mean, I really don't. Quickest team to 100 points. You know, they got 101 points and still have 21 games left, for goodness sake. So uh, they are on a historic pace. You have to remember, National Hockey League record for wins is 62. The Wings had 62 back in 96 for most points it's 132 and the Habs had that uh, back in 77 uh I'm going to tell you what guys the Bruins could blow past both of those marks I mean that's how good they've been playing so you talk about the east and just how many teams are going to be pushing for this and it feels like a lot of them got better as the trade deadline came to an end what about the west who who do you think is going to jump out over there and be a contender well, this is why the West, I think that's a great question, because this is why the West is very, very intriguing to me. There isn't a team to beat right now. There really isn't. I mean, I know Dallas has been playing well, and, and they're near the top. Vegas, again, near the top, and, and they've been on a bit of a heater. But right now, there isn't a team that you can look at and say, man, I, you know, I, I think this team might be the team to beat. I'm going to tell you guys the same thing I told you a couple months when we talked. At the time, Colorado wasn't even in the playoff. You know, they, they didn't even have one of the wild cards. Uh, Colorado has just been steadily building up and climbing up the, the standings. I think the defending champ is going to be tough to beat. I, I know that they're not uh, near the top. They're just a few points back of, of a few teams in the West. I know they're not near the top right now, but I, I think that, that crescendo that they've been climbing, I, I think when all is said and done, Colorado – the defending champ might still be the team to beat. Ah, we don't want to see that again. Uh, Sean Belich and <laughs> WJR joined Sam and, Sam and Greg and Jason Longshore sitting in for Sam this morning. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. Hey, Sean, one of the things that we have been talking about here on this show, whether it's Jason or Sam or anybody else that joins us, depending on the sport, we somehow always get into officiating. And what it's going to look like with, you know, years down the road with technology being implemented or just decisions that are being made to change the way games are being called. Uh, I I thought about asking you this because of what's going on with that Austin Watson hit that took place last week. He's not going to get any more discipline. My question to you is that hit, others that have seemed like in the past were treated one way, they're being treated differently now. What's the state of officiating in the NHL right now? And your thoughts on does it need changing? What needs to be implemented? Every guy that I have talked to for, for years, I mean, this, this goes back to 
honestly, a conversation that I had, and you'll be familiar with this guy, uh, with Chris Chelios about 20 years ago. Every guy says the same thing. Okay, let us know what we can and cannot do, and, 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 and then stick to it. Every guy just wants consistency. That's the, the biggest thing that every guy says. Okay, I get it. We're going to loosen things up a little bit. Uh, you know, things that you could get away with in the past, you're not going to get away with now. Things that, you know, might not even be a penalty 20 years ago, you might get a suspension for now. I mean, that's how much the game has changed. But at least be consistent. I mean, just about across the board, every player has said that. And I think there are con- some consistency issues. I, I, I think, you know, not only in penalty calls, but but quite frankly, in awarding penalty shots. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I saw a penalty shot the other night uh, in the Ottawa-Detroit game that was just brutal. It, it was, I mean, it was gross. I, I, I didn't understand how on earth uh, they called the penalty shot. And, and then I waited all day the next day to hear what the ruling was, what the thinking was, and you didn't hear it. And those are the types of things that I know players, I mean, forget about the fans for a second. Uh, Players get incredibly frustrated with, okay, where's the line? And if that's the line, then gosh, you've got to be consistent. And certainly I, I say this knowing how difficult the job of an official is in any sport. And in my opinion, in particular hockey, with things happening, happening so quickly and they don't have the benefit of a replay and slow motion and things like that. But I'll tell you, you talk to every guy, every guy will tell you, find a level of consistency and stick to that. Sean, we can't have you on in Atlanta and not talk about John Buchagross's tweets yesterday and all the conversation about the NHL potentially coming back to Atlanta. What are your thoughts? Well, I, I would be interested to, to hear really from you guys what you think the desire would be because, you know, I, I think there are a lot of sticklers that sit back and go, now, wait a second. We had the Flames. We had the Thrashers. Why not go back into Quebec City? Why not right. go back into a, a market? I always use this term, guys. Coney dogs are huge in the Detroit area, right? I mean, huge. You can't go a mile without seeing some kind of Coney joint. Why, why doesn't, you know, the NHL stay in markets where people are familiar with Coney dogs? And, and I understand that kind of thinking. For me, I think it would be great. I, I think it would be great. You know, maybe there are enough people down there like yourselves that would sit back and say, you know what, I, I know it failed before. But maybe, maybe we can make a go at it. I, I think it'd be great for the game. Uh, you know, you look at some of the quote-unquote non-traditional markets where hockey is thriving. I think, you know, a place that I'm familiar with and had the fortune to do some games, Raleigh, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. They are crazy for the hurricanes there. Um, it, you know, Dallas is a spot that has had success. Uh, Nashville, Nashville, to me, yeah. is at the top uh, and, and front of everybody. I mean, they are crazy about the Preds down there. So I don't know what, what, what kind of thirst and desire do you think is there uh, amongst your listeners for a National Hockey League team down there? I think there is a thirst for it, as you put it. I don't think there's a great thirst for it, but I think it can grow. Like I don't think people really cared, and there was a big conversation about getting MLS here. But it, it landed here, and it was brought to us by the right person. That's what I'm going to say. A, a city that loses two hockey teams? No. They don't deserve another hockey team. I'm sorry. But if there's an opportunity for it, 
I want Arthur Blank running it. And that's the what it comes that's down to. That's what it comes to. out. Whoever's running it's the, it's, ownership. The per, it's the ownership. And if you tell me that Arthur Blank and his people are going to be involved in bringing a hockey team to Atlanta, yeah, then I'm good with it. But it depends that's on the owner. Big- such a great point. I mean, you, you need that strong owner and you need that owner that's going to say, hey, we might have to bite the bullet for a couple of years. You know, this might yep. be a difficult process. Although you look at some of the expansion teams lately and, and certainly the gift, the welcome to the National Hockey League gift that they got, Vegas isn't going anywhere. I mean, they've nope. already been, you know, to the finals, to the Stanley Cup finals. Seattle, uh, you know, was, was very good right away. Now, that's not taking anything away from the general manager. I, th- I think Ronnie Francis in particular in Seattle was absolutely taking away from George McPhee, but that was really a gift package that they got from the National Hockey League. If you can get a team in here that, that can compete sooner rather than later, and you couple that with, with a, a great ownership unit, Boy, you're giving yourself one heck of a chance. I, I'm biased. I love this sport. I think it's the best sport on earth. But I get why somebody might not want to check in when you struggle, in particular the way the Atlanta Thrashers always seem to struggle. 100%. Yeah. That was the biggest issue. Before we let you go, Sean, uh, lost an all-time great and a guy who's up on my Chicago Mount Rushmore, Bobby Hull, uh, not too long ago. And I want to get your thoughts on his father-son, that combination. Uh, as far as a family, who, who competes with those two? When you talk about oh, Brett and Bobby, it's, it's, uh, it's unbelievable. You know, there, there have been uh, so many father son uh, combinations and, and, and family ties because, you know, hockey really is a family game, but uh, you're absolutely right. He is a legend. He is a guy that uh, didn't matter where you were from. My hero as a kid was a guy by the name of Larry Robinson uh, who, who played for Montreal and later LA and his hero was Bobby Hull growing up, you know, and here's this kid growing up, not far from Ottawa that, that, I mean, loved the Chicago Blackhawk, for goodness sake. I mean, that was the, the, the kind of impact that he had. Yeah, it was and, that curve uh, stick, though. It was that curve stick, because you knew that you'd get that <laughs> shot going up in somebody's head. <laughs> and, and you know what? Phenomenal hockey player. And, uh, you know, Brett, I, I got a chance to know Brett a little bit in his time uh, here in, in Detroit. Uh, that guy was a sniper, but two guys – uh, that, that could snipe with the best of them. You know, I, I think of the Halls, I think of Mike Bossy, obviously Alexander Ovechkin. When you're talking about pure goal scorers, all those names belong on the list. Hey, Sean, listen, this is the first of many visits you're going to have with us. I can't thank you enough. Uh, Sam, sorry he's uh, missing this one, but he's looking forward to having you back on the show. Enjoy the rest of your day. Get the, get, he's got that one thing that nobody in Atlanta has, a snowblower. Get the <laughs> snowblower out to tend to those, those uh, that new – 10 inches of snow you got up there, and enjoy your weekend, and we look forward to having you back, buddy. Well, I appreciate it, guys, and pleasure meeting you, Jason. Thanks for the chat. Thanks for hanging out with us, Sean. All right. That's Sean Belizean, WJR up in Detroit. Uh, it is Jason Longshore. Who is in for Mr. Crenshaw? Were you having fun this morning? Oh, yes. Yeah, big fun, ain't we? Definitely. It's about co- to get completely off the rails here in a minute. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that's a good setup. Sam and Greg with Jason Longshore, Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929thegame.com. Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929thegame.com. Sam and Greg, and we're visited today by Jason Longshore, 
who is sitting in for Mr. Crenshaw. We've been having fun so far this morning. And by the way, are you are you affected yet by this pollen, or do you get affected by the pollen? Pollen doesn't get me as much as the weather going like it did yesterday from about 78, I think is what it got to, as I was driving to the, the high school game I called at Riverwood last night. And then when I left, it was 50. Like when the temperature goes up and down like that, that's what'll wreck my sinuses more than pollen. I'm on steroids, so you know, might want to watch yourself. Every year, I get <laughs> I get a batch of steroids. I'm on prednisone. Ah, uh, been there, done that. This 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 time of year drives me crazy, and I sound like Elmer Fudd if I don't take it. And it's usually just one a day. Actually, I've gotten to where I can break them in half and do one. Okay, but I this started first. It was called Delta Zone, or maybe that's the granddaddy of them, but. When I first moved here, I had never seen pollen land on cars. Oh yeah, before. Oh yeah, and I I was doing middays, and I went into work over at the glass. People will know this, the Glass Triangle Building uh, in Century Center off of Claremont, mm-hmm. and parked my car toward the back of the parking lot. Went into work, came out. My car was yellow. <laughs> it was just all the pollen on it, and I got mad. I thought somebody did something to my car because <laughs> there were no other cars around me. I parked in an area. It was just my car. Right. Then the other ones were like two rows, and I wasn't paying attention as I walked past them. Yeah. My car was filled because it had been out there all day, and I was ready to start something with somebody. <laughs> That's how unplugged I was. I didn't know. But, yeah, every year I have to Ugh. get a prescription of steroids. And it lasts just, like, you know, till the end of April, and I'm good. The season's March. changing a bit, though. And, and what I've found in these last couple of years where – the, the, the climate's different, so things are blooming at different times. There's different combinations that are maybe affecting me more than they have in the past. Okay, okay. Well, just be careful out there because it's, it's getting to that time where they're going to start doing the pollen count. Happy 66th birthday to Micah T. Williamson. You know who that is? I do. Yes, you do. Forrest. You back up against me, I back up against you. We'll take care of each other. Ah, yes. That's Bubba. Yes, there we go. Okay. Um, Anyway, Catherine O'Hara. How many birthdays on this day? Not big birthdays. No. Okay, the mother from Home Alone, Newt Rockney. His birthday was today. Okay. There's a few more, but it's not a big day. I didn't know that today was Inauguration Day in this country until 1933. Oh, I didn't know that. No. I got all this list of these presidents who were inaugurated. I'm going back to Thomas Jefferson, John huh. Adams. Uh, inauguration day was March 4th until 1933. Huh. And it changed. It was with the passage of uh, the 20th Amendment. Okay. That's, uh, now I want to know why it was in March and why it changed and when the election was before. Well, I can imagine you get elected at the end of the year, all right, and it takes three months or so to get the pomp and circumstance together back then. Yeah. And then they did it in March. Better, a whole lot better than January 20th. Weather definitely Walk. better. That's <laughs> I mean, sure. really. And 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 I think it was, let me get this right here. Mm, Jefferson was the first one inaugurated in D.C. The third one. John Adams wasn't. Okay, I would have thought Washington Adams might have been. Nope. I knew Washington wasn't. Nope. There right. you go. Your Learning things this morning. I got to bring something to this show, don't I? <laughs> um, listen, I, I was out, and as I mentioned earlier in the show, I had the pleasure uh, taking a family trip last week, and we were out west. In fact, we were at the farthest west, west state in the country, a place I would never, ever, ever want to live. Wow. Nice to visit, 
Now, think about this. A, it's an island, so you're limited. And I learned this when I used to work on a cruise ship. You, you don't realize that until a storm is coming. Mm-hmm. Other goods and you know, resources can't get there. Goods and services can't make it because you're on an island. Now, everybody thinks when you mention, oh, I'm living in Hawaii, you're going to live on the beach. Well, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> it just ain't going to happen. Okay, you can work on the beach, but you're going to live on the beach. <laughs> and vacation only lasts, lasts so long there. Right. But the reason I bring this up is because I was trying to watch sports out there while I was there. Hey, I missed pretty much everything because if you're not up by – let's yeah. say you don't get up and make a point to watching a, a game at you know, prime time, you could, you could miss it. You get up, you have breakfast, you go take a walk, do a little shopping, you come back, and that primetime game is pretty much almost over. I don't want to watch the Super Bowl at noon. <laughs> okay? I don't want to watch prime, a Monday night football at noon, 1230. I just don't understand. And that's why when I walked around, I kind of took a survey because I had that thought going into, into this trip. And the more people I talked to that were native to the island, they don't care about professional sports like we do here. Uh, or college sports, for that matter. They care about what's going on, University of Hawaii. Yeah, but it's I a whole different it, deal. And I would imagine the same thing up in Alaska. They're so removed from everything that we just take for granted. Yeah, I'm sure there's sports fans out there, and there are sports fans, and there's sports bars all sure. around. And, and listen, I went to the one place. I went to a yogiism. A what? <laughs> I went to a yogiism. In other words, I didn't plan this trip. God bless my wife. She did. Tracy put this together. But we went to Honolulu. I have nothing bad to say. It was my first Airbnb experience. Mm-hmm. Worked out great. Worked out great. But we were in Waikiki Beach. Now, when you see pictures of Waikiki Beach, what do you see? You see crowd. You see too many people. You see people who, thought, who think about going to the other islands first because that place is just packed. <laughs> And I say a yogiism because that's what Waikiki Beach is. Nobody goes to that place anymore. It's too crowded. <laughs> and was it that bad? It wasn't that bad because, you know, it was she she everything was right there. Okay, mm-hmm. we were we were there, not necessarily on the beach, across the street from the beach. Uh, it was a family trip. Everybody was an adult, so you know we all kind of split off at times. Son, daughter, this, that, Tracy. But we, we did do things together. Went to Pearl Harbor, man. That was kind of cool. Yeah. I'll talk about that another time. Yeah, yeah. But it was just watching sports. And I'm taking it to extreme, talking about Hawaii. But could you enjoy watching sports? Let's say you were in California. You were in Oregon. You're in Washington. Because you know how we feel about West Coast sports, you know, here. We don't really cons- – well, for the longest time. They were an afterthought. Oh, that team – unless you're a gambler and you're chase, chasing oh, that money. there's you, that. You lost early. Hawaii became very popular yes, there for did. a while. Yes, that. it did. Yes. But how do you feel about that, man? Have you traveled out west and had that yeah, same feeling? Yeah, no, you get, you get used to it. I mean, I think you adjust, and it's weird for us because we're used to our body clock and when a game's going to be and, and usually 730 and what that looks like. We, I, we were in Portland for Atlanta United and Portland Timbers last year, and it was one of the rare trips that we, we stayed out on the road because it was a midweek game and then a weekend game. Uh, we were in Philadelphia, then we went to Portland. So we're in Portland for the opening day of college football, the real opening day, because it was the day Georgia and Oregon played. Um, not that minus one opening <laughs> weekend, which is nonsense. All right. So being in a sports bar in 
Oregon for Georgia, Oregon. Right. Me wearing my Georgia national championships gear. That was fun. I enjoyed it. It was a little weird for that big of a game that early. I'm used to either the 730 or the 330. And out there it was 1230. So it was a little bit of an adjustment, but. You get used to it. You're, you also got to remember, you're talking to me who watches games from Europe, which is the same thing. That's another thing. Think, think about living in Hawaii for that. Yeah, well, <laughs> you might be watching it the, that at night. night before it, you go, it, yeah, it's midnight. like we watch the West Coast. So it, it's, yeah, you, I think you just adjust and you get used to it. I think the biggest issue in terms of Hawaii and, and Alaska not being as into sports maybe is you don't have that local team. And, and to go back to hockey, first of all, Great for having Sean on because that was that was a great conversation. But hockey in Atlanta, and you mentioned soccer in Atlanta that there there wasn't a clamoring for it. There was, but it wasn't public because you didn't have that team to rally around. Mm-hmm. So there was a soccer community in Atlanta that was just waiting to explode. I- Arthur does it, and he does it right, and it happens. With hockey in Atlanta, if you have the right ownership, and you definitely did not have the right ownership last time around. Nope. The Flames are a different story. It's a different time, but it did come down to resources for them. It wasn't about Atlanta couldn't support hockey. The Thrashers didn't fail because Atlanta couldn't support hockey. The Thrashers ended up moving because the ownership was so incompetent. Yes. And the rules were different then. I mean, I I got on board with the Thrashers once they started to get competitive. Before they made the playoffs the one year, that that group coming together that you could see it coming, it was fun, it was exciting. I was on board. You could get tickets cheap. You you could go to games kind of that day, decide to grab a ticket, go down to the, the arena. It was great. Then you had the lockout. That hurt the Thrashers in a massive way because of the timing. Uh, they were about ready to break through, and you have that lockout, and you lose a season. That That hurt me a lot in terms of getting into it. But then once they dismantled that team that just barely got into the playoffs. You dismantle it, and it was obvious they were not going to invest. They were not going to take it seriously. They didn't market it. I didn't grow up with the game, so I wasn't all the way in because of right, that. Right. It was easy to, to, for it to not be on my consciousness anymore. And you had other teams that were getting the, the, you know, were getting the Atlanta sports dollar. Yeah. So you had that on top of that. I think the Calgary – I mean, the uh, Flames moving to Calgary – also had to do with the timing of it. 1980, this was an entirely different region of this country. Absolutely. And it was, you know, that you could, you could throw that in the, there. The finances but, of the league at that time, too, were a big difference, and you didn't have the resources here to make it go. The last ownership the group had the... To, the a de- to a degree, yeah, but, I mean, I, I think hockey in Atlanta can absolutely be successful. Now, the question, I think what a lot of people are getting into is this is not going to be in downtown Atlanta like it's been in the last two times. It sounds like, anyway. It sounds like it's going to be up north. It sounds like it's going to be in Alpharetta, Johns Creek, that area. See, I don't know that that's the case. I think you you, you have that. That's what they're saying. That's uh, well, where the arena's supposed and if to be. They, if the arena's built up there and it's cost-efficient to put it up there, I understand. The fan base but, for the Thrashers did go north northern suburbs. What I was going to say is that it's 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 – Worth considering keeping it here, and I think I'd the reason because of it, because MLS's success shows what we've been saying about this is an international city. This yeah. is ain't Atlanta, Georgia, anymore the way it used to be. No. We're just Southerners down here. We got folks from around the planet, which are a lot of the people who fill up Mercedes Benz for for um, for Atlanta United games and will for what may be eventually the next hockey team. That's what I believe 
will be the reason why they bring another hockey team. People yeah. realize this is an international city. Yeah. It just I, ain't a southern city no I, more. I think the next hockey team, because I think Atlanta will be back in the NHL. I don't know if it's now or, or later. I think they will be successful either place, either downtown or northern suburbs, if it is the right ownership and if they can launch like Vegas did. If well, that happens, yeah, that, that team will be fine. Well, hopefully they'll listen to us. I hope so. And, and take from us. Take some notes, folks. <laughs> uh, Mr. Crenshaw is out today. That's Jason Longshore. He is in for him. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. Stick around. You also take us with you on the Odyssey app. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 